politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Well, Joe Manchin says no deal, no deal, kids. He's not going to go along with this nonsense. He also said it's time to vote on BIF. BIF, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill. Oh, and Terry McAuliffe says uh, too many white teachers. Too many white teachers. Well, there you go. I mean, not racist at all, right? Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you with me this afternoon. Hope you're having a great day today. A uh, number of things to bring you up to speed, and obviously election day is tomorrow. But first, I want to begin with this. Senator Joe Manchin, short time ago, just a few minutes ago, just wrapped up a press conference in D.C. I'm going to play a little bit of it for you so you know where things are. It's by far the biggest national story of the day today. Uh, we're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars of infrastructure money and also trillions and trillions of dollars of spending money. That's happening right now. Let's take a little bit of a listen to this. We'll, we'll, we'll dig in here, as we say. Thank you all for coming. And uh, I've heard a lot of the mischaracterizations of my position since the president met with the House Democrats last Thursday. And I would like to make an attempt to clear up any confusion about where I stand on the legislation that's working its way through Congress. In all of my years of public service, and I've been around for a long time, I've never seen anything like this. The president of the United States has addressed the House Democratic Caucus twice recently to urge action on the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which sometimes we refer to as the BIF bill. Last week, the Speaker urged, Speaker Pelosi urged the importance of voting and passing the BIF bill before the President took the world stage overseas and still no action. In my view, this is not how the United States Congress should operate or, in my view, has operated in the past. The political games have to stop. Twice now, the House has balked at the opportunity to send the BIF legislation to the President. As you've heard, there are some House Democrats who say they can't support this infrastructure package until they get my commitment on the reconciliation legislation. It is time to vote on the BIF bill, up or down, and then go home and explain to your constituents the decision you made. And I've always said, if I can't go home and explain it, I can't vote for it, and if I can, I, I will. I've worked in good faith for three months, for the past three months, with President Biden, Leader Schumer, Speaker Pelosi, and my colleagues on the reconciliation bill, and I will continue to do so. For the sake of the country, I urge the House to vote and pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Why is it not getting passed? It's not getting passed because it's being held up by the whack job caucus, which is the majority of the Democrat Party right now. That's the truth. That's why it's not getting passed. I mean, think about it right now. Here you have a seasoned Democrat senator coming out and saying, it's time to pass it. Enough is enough. And he's talking to his own party at this point. He's not talking to Republicans. He's talking to his own party. It's a very important point to realize now. I know you realize it. I'm just saying. It's, it's really important to dig in on that fact. Joe Manchin right now is talking to fellow Democrats. This is his point. Holding this bill hostage is not going to work in getting my support for recon reconciliation bill. Throughout the last three months, I've been straightforward about my con concerns that I will not support a reconciliation package that expands social programs and irresponsibly adds to our $29 trillion in national debt that no one seems to really care about or even talk about. Nor will I support a package that risks hurting American families suffering from historic inflation. Simply put, I will not support a bill that is this consequential 
without thoroughly understanding the impact that it will have on our national debt, our economy, and most importantly, all of our American people. Every elected representative needs to know what they are voting for and the impact it has, not only on their constituents, but the entire country. That is why we must allow time for complete transparency and analysis on the impact of changes to our tax code and energy and climate policies to ensure that our country is well positioned to remain the superpower of the world. Think about that now. This is a Democrat coming out and saying, we gotta, we got to remain the superpower of the world. The other people in the party don't want to be the superpower of the world. That's part of the problem. I mean, you realize that whether it's AOC or it's uh, Jay Powell or any of the others, they don't want to be. They don't think we should be. They don't think we have a right to be. So for them, part of the reason how we're not going to be anymore is by completely selling out our energy independence. Really, that's what we do. Sell the energy independence, give it to, to Europe, give it to Russia, give it to China, whoever. And then that's part of weakening us in the eyes of the world. Open up our borders. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 how you do it. Oh, and spend more money than we have to the point of putting our grandchildren on the hook for it and causing rising inflation and hurting the economy and putting more people dependent on government. I mean, all these things factor in to keep us from becoming, or I should say, to keep us from staying the number one superpower in the world. Just the culture of dependency alone, just keeping people dependent on government alone is part of the issue. This is why when I'm, this this point from, look, this is Joe Manchin now. It's only a couple more minutes, but I think it's really important to hear this whole thing because he is the last sane democrat who's a man cinema is sane too and she's a woman and, and i mean at least for these purposes i don't know how sane she is otherwise but i'm saying at least for these purposes but mansion i mean when this guy goes it's over it's over and then you completely just run by nut jobs i mean at that point while we inspire the rest of the world towards a cleaner environment and this yeah, and see, that's another thing too, right? While we inspire the rest of the world towards a cleaner environment, that's what—that's his point. Think about this now. We're telling the world here, hey, listen, we want you to to uh, to clean up your act, right? But actually, what we're doing is they're not cleaning up their act. We are now allowing ourselves to give up our oil, give up our natural gas, and then telling the rest of the world, now you do the same, and they're not doing the same. And this is part of how we're weakening this country. Part of how we're this country. multi-trillion dollar bill without greater clarity about why Congress chooses to ignore the serious effects of inflation and debt that have on our economy and existing government programs. For example, how can I in good conscience vote for a bill that proposes massive expansion to social programs when vital programs like Social Security and Medicare face insolvency and benefits could start being reduced as soon as 2026 in Medicare and 2033 in Social Security. How does that make sense? And I don't think it does. Meanwhile, elected leaders continue to ignore exploding inflation, that our national debt continues to grow, and interest payments on the debt will start to rapidly increase when the Fed has to start raising interest rates to try to slow down this runaway inflation. Oh, imagine that. Imagine when that happens. And all these factors oh. that we've spoken about. I've worked in good faith for months with all of my colleagues to find a middle ground on a fiscally, and I, report, re, I repeat that, a fiscally responsible piece of legislation. There is no middle ground, though. That's the thing. You're dealing with extremists. This is such an important point here. He is dealing with extremists in the Democrat Party, so there is no middle ground. Middle ground is where sensible, sane people go. You may disagree with them politically. You may disagree with their ideas, but it's not where it's not where the middle ground is where sane people are. Extremists are not in the middle ground. That's the bottom line. That is the point here. 
And it's a point that cannot be said enough about the people that are holding this party hostage. His party, the Democrat Party, holding it hostage. <laughs> I mean... If I were him, I would just become a Republican. I really would. I don't know what he's worried about. The, the governor of West Virginia is a, uh, he's a Republican. What's what's Joe Manchin worried about? What are you afraid of, man? Just come on over. It's They're, they're nuts. They're crazy. They're not going to change. They're only going to get worse, by the way. That fixes the flaws of the 2017 Trump tax bill that I thought was weighted far, far too far for the high-end earners and the needs of the American families and children. However, as more of the real details outlined in the basic framework are released, what I see are shell games, budget gimmicks that make the real cost of the so-called $1.75 trillion bill estimated to be almost twice that amount if the full time is run out, if you extended it permanently, and that we haven't even spoken about. This is a recipe for economic crisis. None of us should ever misrepresent to the American people what the real cost of legislation is. While I've worked hard to find a path to compromise, it's obvious compromise is not good enough for a lot of my colleagues in Congress. It's all or nothing, and their position doesn't seem to change unless we agree to everything. Enough is enough. It's time our elected leaders in Washington, all of us, stop playing games with the needs of the American people and holding a critical infrastructure bill hostage. While there's opportunity in the reconciliation of bill that we can all agree on. And we've been talking about this for months. Again, to be clear, I will not support the reconciliation legislation without knowing how the bill will impact our debt and our economy and our country. And we won't know that until we work through the text. For the sake of our country, I, again, and I am urging all of my colleagues in the House to vote and pass the bipartisan. So that's it. Vote and pass BIF. The bipartisan infrastructure bill. Just vote and pass it. That's what he's saying right now. I can't believe we're even having to have this conversation. I cannot believe we have to have this conversation. He's telling his own people in the House of Representatives, could you just just vote up or down on, on this? But again, they're holding it hostage because they want that reconciliation bill, which they poured in trillions and trillions of dollars of social nonsense, climate change nonsense, and everything else. And, and all he's asking for is a vote in the House. That's it. <laughs> but it won't pass the house though yeah that's the other problem too is it's not going to pass so he's really saying to, to, to the vampiric one nancy pelosi hey will you step up and keep your crazy people in your caucus at bay could you do that please are, are you capable of doing that the answer of course is no she's not capable of doing that it's an infrastructure bill it's bipartisan 69 votes we worked on that for many many months and as i've said before holding that bill hostage is not going to work to get my support of what you want. It's what we should all agree on and work through the process. I'm open to supporting a final bill that helps move our country forward, but I'm equally open to voting against a bill that hurts our country. And I've been very clear about that also. And most- I'm eager to, I, I'm not going to vote for a bill that hurts our country. I'm not going to vote for a bill that hurts our country. This is, put this in a museum when this is done. You, you know that, right? Put this in a museum when it's done. This this will be played back to kids as they do of the last extinct Democrat. He's like a praying mantis at this point. There's not once he's gone, he's gone. You know, don't smush this guy to death. They should have a law protecting him. Is there an Endangered Species Act for Joe Manchin? Can we get him on the list? Is it possible? Can we do that? I I think we could, right? Go to change.org and see if we can get Joe Manchin on the endangered species list. Importantly, hurts every American. 
let's work together, and I mean that, let's all work together on getting a sensible reconciliation package, a package that really strengthens our nation and makes us better and leads the world. Thank you all. Let me say one thing. I'm not going to negotiate in public on this because I've been dealing in good faith and I will continue to deal in good faith with all of my colleagues on both sides. It's time to pass the bill and quit playing games. Time to pass the bill and quit playing games. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, and Biden's overseas right now falling asleep. You know, he fell asleep, right? You knew that. You know that. You heard that? Biden fell asleep. Oh, yeah. MSNBC. MSNBC wound up reporting on it, too. They wound up reporting. You want to hear this? This is great. Uh, the rumor was that Biden fell asleep. And well, there's also another rumor going around that he might need depends, if you know what I mean. I don't want to get too graphic here, but the rumor is that he might need depends. I'm just saying. You can go with that your own mind, however you want to do it, but you can figure out what I'm talking about. You remember? Well, let me give you. You remember the Saturday Night Live? Oops, I crapped my pants. Do you remember that? Oops, I crapped my pants. It was a Saturday Night Live skit. That's now kind of what you know. Obviously, anyway. So, uh, so then he caught. He got caught dozing off, and MSNBC had the awful, uh, from their perspective, responsibility of having to report on that. So this is, again, a Biden overseas. Biden's European world tour. Biden's European vacation. I don't know if he saw the pig in the poke, but anyway. Yes, this is the fifth day of the president's overseas tour, and he was uh, seen on camera with his eyes closed. It appears that perhaps he was dozing, and in these settings, uh, cameras are all around, and the camera caught uh, President Biden, who turned 79 later this month, uh, with his eyes closed for a period of time. And you're right, these can be embarrassing situations. You have the contrast of leaders, including President Biden, calling for the urgency of these issues of addressing climate. And uh, a moment like that in a session uh, can be uh, a political uh, obstacle for a moment. You think a political obstacle that the president of the United States is dozing off in the meeting? I mean, doesn't somebody come over and shock him? You know, give him like a they used to do to Goat Boy on Saturday Night Live, just like Vitamin B, something. Look, I get it. I mean, I don't get a lot of sleep, and I'm tired, too. And he might be jet-lagged. I'm just saying, it's just not a good look, that's all. It's just not a good look. Let's just be honest. It's not a good look, especially when the other rumor is that he, you know, poofed his, poofed his pants. So, that's all. <laughs> uh, let me just go. I need to get this off my chest. There's this whole thing that's going on right now where you've got people on the left accusing Republicans of censorship conservatives of censorship for for wanting to quote unquote ban books right no, nobody's looking to ban books i just want to make that point very clear if there's an elementary school and the elementary school is a library uh it doesn't need to have lady shatterley's lover or any of the other graphic novels that maybe you'd read in high school or college it doesn't need to have those things in an elementary school and that's what's happened though is that we've discovered that this stuff is happening in elementary schools. And there's a great piece on uh, Delaware Valley Journal by Linda Stein, and she points out that books with graphic sensual content really don't need to be in the in the classroom. Uh, and the, we we have this gigantic battle in our country going on right now over school board elections, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. I love it. I really do. I love what I'm seeing right now. Parents are fired up. Parents are are, are absolutely 100 percent committed to making sure that they can win these elections. It's a beautiful thing to see. I love it. 
And here we have right now a situation where part of what's driving this, in addition to keeping kids in the classroom, part of what's driving this is culture wars. And she points out that the 2021 culture wars in Radnor Township, some parents have lambasted the Radnor Township School Board in October 26th meeting, including one mom who asked that children leave the room before she read part of a school library book to the board. Another parent said he had removed his two youngest children from Radnor schools because of the constant battle over sex and violence in the curriculum. Sexually graphic books, and they don't need to be in the classroom. They don't need to be in elementary schools. Two books cited by the Radnor parents, Gender Queer and Lawn Boy, were recently removed from the schools in Fairfax County, Virginia, after parents complained. Parents in Carmel, Indiana, also objected to sexually explicit books in schools, and parents in Kansas City, Missouri, complained about books in the public library in recent months. Radnor parent Kelly Martin said, as a board, you failed us. You put these books in our schools. Four of you are running for re-election, and one of your bullet points to our community is that parents want to ban books from our libraries. You bet I do. Not all books and magazines belong in school libraries, just as not all movies are intended for all audiences. Quote, Radnor doesn't have a Playboy or Hustler section because it's not appropriate content for a school. So I guess you could say I want to ban Playboy too. The books that you see here, these books don't belong in our schools. You can have them and the magazines in your homes. You can share them with your kids too if that's what you're into. You do you, she said. But as board members, you don't get to groom our children and invade their minds with books containing pornography, pedophilia, rape, and incest. And that doesn't scratch the surface of the political propaganda you've stacked our library shelves with. The sad thing about stacking the library with these new books is you've done it under the cover of equity and inclusion. The books are presented as immigrant, BIPOC, and LGBTQIA stories. Do you have any idea how completely ridiculous that is? Uh, She described the content of some of the books. Here's the thing. For parents who can afford private school, this isn't a problem. They don't have to fight this battle. And if we had school choice, the parents here wouldn't need to fight it either. We would leave en masse. But when Valley Forge Military Academy applied for charter status, you turned them down. You had the audacity to turn them down for having a church on the property. You've purged over 16,000 books over the last four years, and I've presented you with packets featuring excerpts from just a handful of the books you've brought into our Radnor schools. Another parent, Clark Angle, said he and his wife have taken their two younger children out of Radnor Public Schools because of the sex and violence in learning materials. Virtual learning during the pandemic did open our eyes to some things and confirm some of our concerns, he said. With our oldest entering college and our taxes increasing by 64%. Wow. This is a significant financial burden for our family. We did not plan or budget for this. So I hope you're asking yourselves, what would make this family leave the number one rated school district in the state of Pennsylvania? Well, for starters, let me say that lists and rankings mean nothing. What matters is what is really happening on the ground floor, he said. What I'm here to talk about and what was the straw that broke the camel's back for us in deciding to send our two youngest to private school was the increasing rate at which I'm seeing young children being robbed of their innocence by being introduced or exposed to gratuitous sex and violence in both videos and literature in school. His 19-year-old son first brought home a book called Point Blank from the Wayne Elementary School Library when he was nine years old. His son's now 19. He found this to be as racy and violent as one of the more recent James Bond films. When he contacted the school librarian, he was told it was an award-winning book recommended by literary sources. He said, therein lies the problem. I expect more from Radnor educators. I expect them to do some due diligence rather than simply rely on unreliable outside sources. 
It gets worse from there. The 2020 Radnor High School summer reading list for ninth grade, children as young as 13 entering high school, included the book Wild, which had a lot of graphic sex and drug use in it. It's my understanding it took an outcry from parents to get it removed. Then, this past summer, he learned that students were subjected to videos of extremely violent nature, which also negatively depicted our law enforcement professionals. Now, here's what I would say to you. Sexuality and gender identity should be discussed at home, not in the schools, he said. God entrusted these children to their parents, not you. In the limited amount of time I've been able to research which of these books are in our libraries, I found 19 books in the elementary schools dealing with sex, transgender, or sexual orientation issues. (laughs) One book talks about a boy who wants to, quote, cut off his genitals and become a girl and includes information about how to look at porn online and not get caught by your parents, he said. Some Radnor Middle School students were assigned that book, which is outrageous. But that's still not the worst. There are books in our high school library that contain literary pornography, he said, and he offered the board a list. Michael Petiti, a spokesman for the school district, gave this statement. The district is always willing to hear the concerns of families and to respond wherever appropriate. The district strives for full transparency with families by welcoming parents and guardians to review all instructional materials and curriculum upon request and to formally question the use of these materials if desired. Now, I guess this point is that this is another example of what is firing up parents all over the state, not only the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, but New Jersey, Virginia, and on and on it goes. I mean, this is where we are right now. I'm not saying these books should be banned. I don't think they should be. I'm not saying the movies should be banned. I don't want any bans. It's just a matter of picking age-appropriate stuff. I do with my kids. I make sure that the books we read them are appropriate. I make sure the movies we watch with them are appropriate for lots of different reasons. It's important to understand that. It's important to make these choices. It's important to make these distinctions. Again, it, it, to accuse then of people who aren't happy with this stuff of wanting a ban is crazy. I mean, that's ridiculous. Why would anybody think that that's what we're saying here? But again, this is part of what's leading parents in mass to turn around and to say, I want to make a change. I want to have a choice. I want to do so. I want to pull my kids out. That and stupid things like in Virginia where Terry McAuliffe says there's too many white teachers in Virginia. Why does that matter? Why does that matter? Why, why, why are we concerned about this? It should be whether they're good teachers or not, right? And I promise you, we've got to diversify our teacher base here in Virginia. 50 per- 50% of the students in Virginia schools, K-12, 50% are students of color, and yet 80% of the teachers are white. We all know what we have to do in a school to make everybody feel comfortable in school. So let's diversify. So here's what I'm going to do. We'll be the first state in America. If you'll teach for five years here in Virginia in a high-demand area, that'll be geographic or coursework, we will pay room, board, and tuition at any college, any university, any HBCU here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Boy, they're really desperate over there in Virginia. Huh? This guy's really desperate. He's down in the polls. And a brand new poll just came out that shows Jack Chidarelli in New Jersey. Uh, new poll showing Jack Chidarelli and Phil Murphy is down to four points. I just got this uh, note from Alex over at the New Jersey Republican State Committee who says, I want to call your attention to a brand new poll that shows that the race between Jack Chidarelli and Phil Murphy is down to four points. Thanks to President Biden's sinking poll numbers and Murphy's decision to embrace him during last week's panic tour. Garden State voters are waking up. So this is one of the more uh, accurate pollsters, Trafalgar. They, they actually call the 2020 election accurately. 
uh, Trafalgar called that race right. So now they found that this race is super close. And I'm telling you right now, it's all going to come down to showing up to vote. That's what it's going to come down to. It's all going to be about that. Who shows up to vote and when? And if you turn out in big numbers, Jack Turelli can dethrone the king. King Philip the Unaccountable could be a one-term governor. Isn't that amazing? It wouldn't be the first because Democrats have not reelected a governor in New Jersey in like 40 years or something like that, I think. But I, I think that that's part of the issue is that for the Democrats, they know right now that it's all going to come down to turnout. And they know that the turnout in the inner cities, the black communities and the urban areas, they know that the turnout in those areas is not good. Not good. 9,000 employees in New York City are now on unpaid leave for not complying with the vaccine mandate. These are first responders. These are doctors. These are nurses. These are cops. These are firemen. How stupid is this? This is what I mean about the, I just, sometimes I don't understand these people like, like Bill de Blasio and others, they make their points on things and they dig in on things and then they just don't relent. They don't relent. I mean, <laughs> if, if you would just acknowledge that this is a bad idea to, to force these vaccinations on people and that's why you're losing people at a time when you really need them, if you would just acknowledge that point, it might make a big difference. I'm just saying, it might make a big difference. All right, I got to get out of here today. A little bit early, unfortunately, but um, it's election day eve, and I've got to go do some things, as you can imagine. But I'll be back tomorrow, don't worry. With a spe- I think I might be back tomorrow. We're hoping. It's a matter of um, how the election day goes. Just get out there and vote tomorrow, please. If you are listening right now and you're going to have an early day tomorrow, do me a favor. Just get out there. Vote for Jack Chitterelli if you're in Jersey. Please, if you're in Pennsylvania, vote for those wonderful school board candidates who advocate keeping our kids in school. Please do it. It's important. It's going to make a difference. Don't believe the nonsense that they'll find a way to cheat anyway and your vote's not worth it. Don't, don't let them get to you like that. Just get out there and vote and do your thing, all right? We can do this. Feel good about it.